welcome to Scrollin' episode 81. I'm Ket, Davius Starbunt, <laughs> Davius Starjumper, back in the saddle. Welcome back, dude. How you doing, Davius? Thank you, thank you. Uh, happy to be back. It's good to have you back, Davius. Who's this Starbuncher? Who's this Starbuncher? <laughs> have I been All replaced right. by Starbuncher? Episode title, Starbuncher. Well, we have a lot to get into. We are going to talk about the public test server for the upcoming uh, Lost Depths DLC. Um, this PTS has received a pretty critical, or has had a pretty critical reception, I would say. There's a lot of yeah. people with a lot of uh, uh, concerns. Uh, Zoss seems to be pretty aware of that. We've had tweets from the official ESO uh, Twitter account. We've had developer comments on the forums in different places. Seems like they're just trying to put people's minds at ease, kind of reminding everyone that, hey, week one doesn't necessarily represent what week five is going to look like. We yeah. have gotten the feedback. We do have some adjustments planned for week three. They're kind of getting out there and letting everyone know that, you know, this is kind of how it goes. Because, you know, they don't normally, I feel like they don't normally respond that way so quickly after PTS comes out. Um, I think the only reason they're doing it this time is because, there has been a very <laughs> negative outcry, I would say, initially to to this round of, of proposed changes. I'll admit my initial reaction was pretty negative as well, but we've had a week now, like week one came out last week. Um, and I don't know, during this time, kind of like usual, I've, once I've kind of marinated and everything and kind of stew on it for a week or so, um, a lot of my negative reactions have subsided. I'm still concerned about some things. I still do very much want to see some adjustments. Um, but there actually are a lot of really good things happening here. And overall, I think I am looking forward to this patch. If we can address a couple of little things that I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think, you know, it, this, this patch, the week one patch notes, obviously not the week two, but the week one patch notes really kind of reminded me, you know, of just, it's been a minute since we've seen some of those, but even when they first start talking about the light and heavy attack changes, they announced this crazy huge plan, and then they kind of abandoned it, you know. So it kind of reminds me of, we haven't had one in a minute, but of, of those week one PTS where the numbers are just insane and kind of a little bit out of control. But uh, if I, I'd be willing to bet that, you know, as we see week three and as we go forward, that things will get a little bit more normalized, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. I think so. I think this week one definitely gives you an idea of their intention, you know, like uh, mm -hmm, it gives you an idea mm -hmm. of like what direction they want to go. It probably just won't end up being quite as severe as what we see here, but it at least kind of hints to to what what we might end up seeing uh, once it's all said and done. Yeah. Just a quick summary of everything we're going to be talking about. We'll be talking about the DLC content itself. We'll talk about some new armor sets, changes to some existing sets. Uh, changes to light attacks and heavy attacks. Uh, dots are being re-standardized. Hots are being re-standardized. There's some other uh, combat and balance changes that I think are going to be pretty impactful as well. So it's quite a bit. It's probably going to be kind of a long episode. So um, I guess let's just go ahead and dive in. So PTS version 8.1.0. Uh, 8.1.1 week 2 technically is up now as well, but there's nothing really in the week two patch notes worth focusing on at all. So we're really just talking about week one. Um, this is for update 35, the Lost Depths DLC. It's coming out uh, August 22nd on PC and then two weeks later for console. What's that? September 6th, maybe something like that. Something around there. This will be a typical Q3 DLC. So it's a, it's a two dungeon pack. Both dungeons are located in High Isle. 
Uh, they're called Earthenroot Enclave, and the other one's called Graven Deep. I don't know anything about them. I haven't seen any footage or anything, but I assume they're kind of piratey, maybe, hopefully. Yeah. It's kind of the theme, assume. right? A little, little piratey, a little... If there's not at least one boat involved, I'll, <laughs> I'll eat my hat. Actually, I can <laughs> see the Earthenroot Enclave maybe being a little droody, if you will. Okay, that could be, yeah, a more about druid-like. Yeah, you're right. Um, this will continue the Legacy of the Bretons year-long adventure. Davis, are you excited to continue the saga of the Legacy of the Bretons? I mean, you know, I keep going around this island. I'm just, I ask myself this question. Where are all the Nords? Where are we at? <laughs> we just had a bunch of Nord stuff. <laughs> what are you talking about? We could go right back into it. We could. I don't know. I feel like the dungeons, I'm, I don't, I don't think I could tell you a story from a single dungeon in this game. Like what is actually happening? Uh, and, whoa, in there. whoa, whoa, whoa! In any of the dungeons, you've done. You, I know you know one of the stories, and that's good old fashioned uh, <laughs> blanking on the name. But it's the one where it's just like an arena, and you're just going in there to kill people. Oh, blessed crucible! Blessed crucible! You know that story. You just go in there, and it's like, hey, this is we all get in here, and we kill each other. Yeah, and the one I know who that lives one because I know that one because there really isn't a story. It's just <laughs> yeah. we're all here to fight. And that's it. So with this dungeon pack, we'll get the usual uh, rewards. You can earn cosmetics, titles, mementos. Um, There's some furnishing items I think you can get as well. And there's a bunch of new armor sets. So we have a bunch of new dungeon sets, and there's some new uh, rewards for the worthy PvP sets as well. Um, So we're going to do like we've been doing the last couple of times, and uh, Davius and I are each going to pick a dungeon set a piece to talk about, and we'll each pick a PvP set to talk about as well. Um, so Davis, why don't you go first? What's the, the dungeon set that you want to talk about? All right. So the, the dungeon set that I picked is the, the Rage of Ursoc set. Okay. Uh, it's a medium set. Um, the two pieces, uh, the two and the three piece are both offensive penetration. Uh, the four piece is crit chance. And then the five piece is that when you deal damage with a heavy attack, you create a 12 meter, uh, basically buff or, or aura for 12 seconds that grants some power to the allies inside of it. It's got an eight second cooldown. Mm-hmm. I kind of like this one. You know, the more I, I think about it, the more uh, I kind of come around to it. Uh, to me, it's very werewolf. Like uh, the, the idea I really like is if you're running with a pack of werewolves, uh, you know, in a zone and, and one of the werewolves has this just, Giving empower to the whole crew. Uh, empower is very good on a werewolf, and it can be a little tricky to get empower on a werewolf. Um, but, you know, the more I look at it, I think I might actually end up throwing this on my werewolf. I've been kind of looking for a new uh, build setup, and I had an idea, and they made some changes that uh, murdered that idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking for some slight changes, and so I think this might actually... I uh, One of the sets I'm going to keep, uh, but I think this might end up being the other... Uh, set that I throw on that build. It seems like I, that can work well, and I think really, as we'll see as we get into things, I think Empower in general is going to be kind of a big deal going into yeah. this next meta with things changing with light attacks and everything. That seems really good. Yeah, you just it basically makes like an AOE on the ground, and anyone standing in it gets Empower while they're in there. Yeah, seems pretty good. Very nice. Um, the The dungeon set that I want to talk about is Euphotic Gatekeeper. That's one of the monster sets. Uh, the one piece is a line of stamina recovery, and then the two piece, after you use a roll dodge, you create a Hadalid husk, uh, which it's like a monster kind of creature thing. 
Um, while within five meters of the Hadalid Husk, it will absorb all direct damage attacks against you, and then after one second, it explodes and deals poison damage to everyone within five meters. Um, and that has a 20 second cooldown. So I think that cooldown kind of kills it. 20 second cooldown off of something that procs off of roll dodge. My my first thought was to combine it with uh, the Eternal Hunt set that uh, it creates a, like a trap on the ground that immobilizes and damages people after you um, do a roll dodge. That set has no cooldown. It leaves a trap every single time you roll dodge. Mm-hmm. I think if they reduce the cooldown of this set here uh, to maybe five seconds or four seconds or something like that and just adjust the damage accordingly... That might be an interesting combination of sets to use. You're leaving that trap that immobilizes people. You're leaving this uh, Hadalid husk that essentially extends the effectiveness of your roll dodge by a full second, uh, and then it does some damage as well. It just seems like that could be a fun kind of gimmicky build. That would be. Uh, oh yeah, we kind of came up with a full build idea for this one. You know, we're looking at all these roll dodge sets. I don't think either one of us will actually build it or ever use it, but you know, we had some fun throwing some ideas out there. Yeah, we did. What's the rewards for the worthy set you want to talk about? The rewards for the worthy set. Now, I I will say I don't think I'll actually use this set, but I do like the idea of it. I could see it being a really good uh, necro set. Uh, It's Langer of Periite. Grizzlycon will double check us on the pronunciation here in a couple of minutes on that. I think Periite, that's it. So the the two piece is weapon and spell damage, three piece is crit resist, four piece is offensive penetration. Now the five piece, you deal six percent increased damage to blocking players, period. Uh and then the the uh continuation of that is when you deal light attack damage to an enemy that is immune to crowd control, you apply Langer for ten seconds, uh reducing their magic recovery and stamina recovery by two forty eight. It's got a ten second cooldown. So Kind of a cool idea to reduce the recovery of players. I could see that being pretty good. Uh, kind of a nice debuff set. It seems very Necromancer of me. Kind of, kind of you know what you have going on with uh, Despair. Kind of a, a debuff Necromancer, Necromancer set. It's got a lot of CC. Throwing debuffs out there. It seems like a potentially really good set. There's kind of a lot going on there. You deal 6% increased damage to any blocking player. I think the proc condition is really funny when you uh, when you deal light attack damage to an enemy that is immune to crowd control. <laughs> you apply yeah. this Langer debuff. We were kind of, when we were first reading through this, we thought that was pretty funny because, like in battlegrounds, you're in one of two states, right? You're either <laughs> yes. CC immune or you are under the under <laughs> the effects of CC. You are currently CC'd. There's uh, no other <laughs> option. Yeah. So. Uh, if you just light attack someone who isn't currently being stunned, then probably you're going to apply this Langer thing to them. Yeah. Um, and uh, reducing their magic recovery and stamina recovery by 248, I, I assume that's pre-buffed. So, you know, their major and minor uh, recovery buffs and stuff being factored into that, you're probably taking closer to maybe 400 or so from them. Yeah. I could really see that being one of those sets that, like, you don't really see it on the stat sheets, but in a big, like, you know, a big brawl, a big fight, that kind of goes on for a little while. You you know, you're getting to the end of their resources quicker. I could see that making a difference for sure. All right. The PVP set that I want to talk about is really the one I think most people are talking about out of these new sets. Um, it's a medium armor set. It's called Nocturnal's Ploy. It's one of the rewards for the worthy sets. Uh, I think the two through four piece bonuses are really interesting. You get a line of penetration, a line of crit resistance, and a line of stamina recovery. It's a very like diverse lineup of two yeah. through four piece bonuses um and in the five piece get a load of this thing 
<laughs> when you apply a major debuff to an enemy, you remove a major buff from them. A major buff with a duration. Uh, and when you apply a minor debuff, you remove a minor buff with a duration. Uh, and each of those procs independently, they each have a, a two-second cooldown. So they're, they're independent cooldowns. That seems like an incredibly strong PvP set. Yes, very much so. So the way it's worded, it doesn't seem like you have to be applying different debuffs. Like, if you just keep applying Major Breach over and over and over again, I think each time you apply that, you're you're stripping away another Major Buff and another one and another and another. Yeah, that's how I read it, too. It, you know, it just kind of picks one. I don't know how it would pick priority there, but... Uh... That's the way I read it too. Is that if you do it, it's going to remove maybe one of the, maybe the most recently cast one on them. Yeah, I'm not sure how to prioritize that. I'm also thinking of um, like um, Caltrops, for example, that applies a major breach to anyone who's standing in it. And I think the way that works is it's constantly reapplying major breach, like every second or maybe every two seconds, but it's like reapplying it over and over and over again. So I think if you're standing in Caltrops and whoever cast it is wearing this set, then it's just constantly stripping away a major buff over and over and over again. And eventually you'll just have no buffs active at all. It is important to point out the wording. It strips away a major or minor uh, buff with a duration. So that means sets like uh, Mighty Chudan gives you major resolve at all times. That can't be taken away, right? This set won't do anything against that. Also, Oaken Soul builds are completely immune to this set. And, and I wonder, I have a feeling this set is actually going to end up being pretty popular. And I wonder if that is going to make yeah. Oaken Soul even more attractive uh, as a result. And, and Oaken Soul is being adjusted. We're going to talk about that later. Uh, it's still going to be very, very good. Yeah. It's kind of the perfect time for this set to come out with, you know, with the changes coming to Oconsole. It seems like it'll be, you know, we won't get into that right now, but it seems like Oconsole is going to be less popular. And then this set's kind of coming in and seems kind of like a, a good, perfect time there. So that's all the sets we're going to talk about. In general, though, I think they have a pretty interesting lineup of sets with this uh, DLC. I think they did a pretty good job of being creative and nothing's really crazy overpowered, except maybe this set that we just got done talking about. But everything seems at least useful for some type of build you can imagine uh, a use case for. I definitely recommend going to uh, forums.elderscrollsonline.com and uh, click on the PTS or the public test server section and look at those um, 8.1.0 notes if you want to see the full list of, of all the new armor sets and everything. In addition to new sets, we have some adjustments to existing sets. We'll skip some of them. Um, but I do want to focus on these light and heavy attack sets. Uh, they seem to really be focusing on this. So um, the Noble Duelist set, it no longer gives weapon and spell damage to your light and heavy attacks. It adds 2,110 flat damage to your light and heavy attacks against monsters. Uh, that's the part. It's kind of like, all right, maybe oh, against it's monsters. It's strictly a PvE set. Not to be used in PvP. It won't do anything for you in PvP. Undaunted Infiltrator and Undaunted Unweaver. Those are like stamina and magicka versions of the same set, essentially. Uh, same exact treatment. They, they no longer give weapon and spell damage to your light and heavy attacks. Um, it gives 1645 flat damage against monsters to your light and heavy attacks. Uh, so again, only a PvE set. Don't even take it to PvP. It's not going to do anything for you. Yeah. These were the these were the sets, by the way, that I was talking about with my werewolf. I was oh. going to make this like light attack, heavy attack build, and for PvP, and I was like, yeah, maybe this will be cool. You'll hit for a crazy amount with light and heavy attacks, and nope, 
That is deleted. I think a number of heavy attack builds do use these sets, and th those builds are dead. Well, there's other things going on that we'll get to in these patch notes. He heavy attack builds, at least in PvP, don't exist anymore. I've sent an email to Zoss complaining that, indeed, some of the people we run into in Battlegrounds are indeed monsters. Just complete monsters. So <laughs> yeah, so it we'll see what their reply back's going to be, you know. <laughs> That's a good point. Sergeant's Mail set, um, it didn't get the monster treatment. Actually, it's a totally different set now. So uh, it no longer gives 3,031 weapon and spell damage to your fully charged heavy attacks. Uh, instead, it causes your heavy attacks to gain these stacks, up to four stacks max. Uh, and each stack increases your heavy attack damage by 645. Uh, so that'd be 2580 total if you have all four stacks. And the stacks last for five seconds. And they did drop the fully charged heavy attack terminology. They just say heavy attacks. And usually that means that medium attacks will also work to, to build those stacks and to deal the bonus damage. Uh, and it seems like that one still will work in PvP. Yeah. The, the light, you know, on these light and heavy attack sets, the one that really stood out to me was the Blood Moon set. Uh, it doesn't really give actual specific numbers, but it's very light and heavy attack focused. Mm -hmm. And so I think that one actually still could be pretty good. That's actually one of the ones that I plan on still keeping on my werewolf. But that's the one that uh, increases your light attack damage by 50%, but it also increases your light attack uh, damage speed mm -hmm. by 50. It's your light attack damage by 55% and your light attack damage speed by 50%. So... That one's interesting to me that that one kind of, I guess because it doesn't have numbers, it didn't get touched, but I could see that one still being pretty good. So we kind of saw this one coming, I think, or a lot of people did. The Savage Werewolf set been a super duper popular set for all these uh, cracked out bowsorks that we see everywhere. Um, but that's not going to be happening anymore because this set now only procs in melee range. So sorry, bowsorks, you can't use this set anymore. <laughs> um, also, the dot ticks every two seconds, and they do clarify that uh, the damage does still get dealt immediately upon application, which is intended. I think there's some uncertainty about whether it's actually supposed to be working that way. That's kind of the reason it is as strong as it is. Um, they do clarify that is intentional behavior there. So it's still a really strong set. Any melee build can keep using it, and, and they're going to get good use out of it. But the main spec that's been kind of having their fun with this set is um, Bosorks, and that's just not going to happen anymore. This might end up actually being the least of those <laughs> those builds' worries, honestly. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into some other stuff. Um, Part one of why they, why they have disappeared. Yeah, all the people who've been running this like meta Bosork build, it, your days are numbered. I'm just, I'm just giving you a warning. Your days are numbered. <laughs> Have your fun while you can. Um, here we go. The Oaken Soul Mythic Ring. That's a biggin. This is a biggie. It's getting its first nerf. You know they grow up so fast, don't they? <laughs> so fast. <laughs> oh man. I was expecting to wait like a full year, like until the next chapter before they started adjusting Oaken Soul. But here we are with it's the very next update, and they're already adjusting it. And I gotta say, I'm very impressed. Uh, probably because they're adjusting it exactly how I said they should. Exactly. <laughs> to a T from what you called. Oh, yeah. Hey, they're, they're, they're usual listeners to the cast. They went, oh, this is a good idea. That's what I was going to say. This is further evidence that Zoss is listening to the show and stealing all of our ideas and not giving us any credit in the patch notes. We're on to you, Zoss. Uh, but yeah, totally called it. So, Oaken Soul. So basically what it does now is... Your major armor buff, your major weapon and spell damage buff, and your major crit buff 
those all stay major. Everything else goes to minor. So now it is uh, minor courage, minor berserk, minor force, minor protection, and minor heroism. And as an extra little bonus, they added uh, uh, minor mending into the mix as well as a little extra. Here you go. Uh, which I think is kind of nice. They're kind of like, you know, sorry for nerfing your favorite mythic. Here's minor mending. Please don't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> this should make up for it. Um I think that is just an absolute perfect adjustment to that mythic item. It is exactly what it needs to be now. I'm actually a lot more interested in this item now than I have mm-hmm, been up to this mm-hmm. point because it's not just ridiculously overpowered, this version that we're looking at here. Uh, it looks like it's just very, uh, like it makes a lot of sense to use for a certain type of build. You have everything you need for a build. Uh, and I've been tinkering around with putting together some one bar builds with this version of the mythic item and things are looking really really good i think this is still an excellent excellent item there's of course been a ton of debate on the forums and everywhere else a lot of people saying you know zoss ruined my favorite mythic item and this is uh not usable anymore and that sort of thing that is absolutely not the case at all and i think if this version of Oakensole was the first version that any of us saw like this is the first time we've ever seen this item We'd take a look at it and we'd probably say, man, that looks like a pretty awesome mythic item. Yeah, exactly. It's just a shame we had to have it introduced to the game in this totally overpowered state. And so then when they nerf it, a lot of people, it's just nerf equals bad. You know, that's that's just the end of the the thought process there. Um, But I think if you can get past that, I mean, if you're using this on a one bar build, you're still going to have way better buff coverage than any two bar build could possibly have with 100% uptime on everything. You still don't mm-hmm. have to waste any uh, time, like mental energy or resources, casting any buffs ever. And you know you're not you might not be overpowered, but I think you'll be plenty adequate to do what you want to do. And in some cases, this is going to be a buff for certain builds. Like I'm going to talk about my Magical Warden a little while later. Um, this is actually going to be a buff for that character. I've been using Oaken Soul on that on that build lately. Uh, and it's been really, really good, but I've been theory crafting for this nerfed version of Oaken Soul, and it's actually going to end up being better for that build. Like, it's actually going to have better overall buff coverage for the for the buffs that are relevant to being a healer. Uh, and I think there's probably, I think other people are going to find some examples of that. Like, actually, this quote-unquote nerfed version of Oaken Soul works out better for this build. Uh, it just so happens. So... I think that's really cool. Zoss, uh, their their developer comment basically says they're responding to feedback, and this this change is based on the feedback that they've gotten, um, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I mean, I just think it makes a lot of sense. It it this ring was worn by way too many players. Yes, it's new, it's exciting, but when you know, it, when the majority of the player base all uses one item, Zoss is going to go in and try to not make that so. And and like you said, I, this new setup is still really good. I know that you're going to continue to use it. I'm going to continue to use it. I'm going to use it on all multiple characters, even after this nerf. So it's really funny. We're both like Oaken Soul fans. All of a sudden, I know we <laughs> we have kind of come full circle on this thing. Yeah, I we'll talk about it uh, a little more in depth later. But uh, I've totally. I've totally turned around on Oaken Soul. I think it's such a cool item. Uh, even like its current version being overpowered and stuff, it's fun to use, and I'm having fun with it on a on a healer. Um, but them kind of adjusting it to be a more reasonable item, uh, it honestly it honestly makes me more excited to make builds with it uh, and not feel like I'm being unfair to people who aren't wearing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, 
Kudos on that one. Great, great change. Here's another awesome change. Dark Convergence. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Davius, one day I'm going to be Woo-hoo. I'm going to be on my deathbed and I'm going to be gathering my loved ones around <laughs> and I'm going to say, "Guys, let me tell you about the happiest day of my life." It's going to be the day that Dark Convergence was nerfed finally. <laughs> um, it's not even that big of a nerf, but I think it will have a big impact. So they uh, all they did was they increased the cooldown to 25 seconds instead of 15 seconds. And they say the reason for that is to help reduce the frequency in which it can introduce ultimate-like effects on the battlefield. I think that's a very great way to put it. Ultimate-like effects, absolutely. Yep. So I don't know. What do you think, David? Do you think that's enough of a deterrent, uh, 10 more seconds to the cooldown to to make people maybe not want to use it so much? I do actually think that's going to be a really good deterrent. I mean... You know this about BGs. Really, with most abilities or sets or anything in a BG, anytime you start creeping up from 15 seconds and longer cooldowns, it kind of the the usage rate of that drastically drops because nobody like if it gets longer than 15 seconds and you're waiting a little too young too long to use it. Right. And uh, I think this is right up. I mean, we just talked about you know that roll dodge set. It had 20 second cooldown. We're like, man, that's just too long. So when you're talking about dedicating an entire five-piece set to something that you can only use every 25 seconds uh, and you're waiting 10 seconds longer, I definitely think that's going to be... I actually think this is a very good change and that builds that like this set will probably still be able to use it uh, effectively, but now it's not going to be this set of, hey, I'm doing... PvP, so I'm going to throw in Dark Convergence because that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, as it is right now, I mean, I, I see healers use Dark Convergence. You know, I see people who yeah, aren't even everybody. necessarily building around it. It's just a useful set to use regardless. I really like this change. I do think that tw- a 25-second cooldown, that's long enough for at least a certain like portion of the population to, to decide, okay, I'm not going to use this set anymore. And then of the people who are left, who, who are left, who are still using the set, it's going to be proccing a lot less frequently. So overall, you're going to be interacting with dark dark convergence a lot less often. The the way that uh you know you know us with numbers, we're we're real good num- with the numbers, right? Great with numbers, so good. This is kind of the way I looked at it. 15 minute battleground. If if you cast this every single time it's up at a 15 second cooldown in 15 minutes, you can cast this ability 60 times. You can get 60 procs with this new cooldown. In a perfect scenario, that's getting cut down to 36. That's Ooh. the part that really yeah. made me kind of think like, okay, like this is going to be much more manageable now. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it into perspective. I also think another um, thing to keep in mind is like a really popular build that uses Dark Convergence are those uh, Necro Bomber builds that use the Colossus Ultimate uh, along with Dark Convergence to to just wipe a group of people all at once. I think those builds have no reason not to just keep using it because that yep. that Colossus Ultimate is really expensive and they're probably not getting it more than every 25 seconds anyway. Um, so I think that's still going to work perfectly great for, for that specific build. And really, that's that's the kind of build this set was intended for anyway, you know, yeah, uh, absolutely. for wiping groups, yep. not just annoying people just by <laughs> wearing this set. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I actually think this is a good change. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. 25 seconds. And, and not just uh, like us, me and you wanting them to delete this set from the game change. Like, I think it's actually like a good competitive change is what I mean by it being a good change. Yeah, it seems like it's only really going to be appealing to the types of builds that it was that it was designed for. Yeah, exactly. 
Also, Plague Break. Man, we are on a roll here. Oaken Souls, Dark Convergence, Plague Break. All just <laughs> oh, here we go. touched on. Um, Plague Break now has a cooldown of 20 seconds per target. Rather than right now, it has a cooldown on itself of one second. It can be reapplied every one second. Um, and that really solves... Like, Plague Break isn't really like the biggest deal in the world to me. It is a very strong set, and I've definitely been blown up by it a few times. But... Um, the thing that really irritates me about Plague Break is you effectively cannot cleanse it off because it has a one-second mm-hmm. cooldown. Someone applies it to you, you cleanse it off, their very next attack puts it right back on you. It's like it never goes away. Um, so now they apply it to me, I cleanse it off, and now that 20-second cooldown has to expire before they can put it back on me. Um, so that pretty much kind of solves my woes on that. Another side effect of that, though, is now uh, it can proc on multiple people simultaneously. Like, if you roll up to a group and drop a Dawnbreaker on all of them, you can apply Plague Break to every one of those people simultaneously. And so, again, I think that kind of makes it actually, in a way, better for the types of builds it was intended for. You know, if you're trying to wipe a whole group, if you can apply Plague Break to everyone simultaneously, that seems like you're going to have a much better chance of actually wiping that group. Um, but anyone you don't kill, it's going to be 20 seconds before you can put it back on them. That just seems like a nice, smart change. I like that. Yeah, I actually think this is a good change. I actually use this set on my, my Stam Crow, so his build will... I'll probably drop the set, but it is a good change. It was a little overpowered right now, and especially with that build, it was it was kind of my lazy build. Like I had the um, uh, the, Morph, the other Morpha Bombard on there. I can't remember what it's called, but uh he just basically would just fling out that aoe and just know that this is just thrown and that was just kind of the whole build is just all right throw this out there wait for people to blow up uh it was kind of my lazy build a little op so i'm actually kind of uh i think this is a good change and i'll probably drop the set and find something else but uh play break was a little little op yeah right as it is right now this is absolutely a set you can throw on any build you don't have to be a bomber it's it's great 1v1 you know it's just it's going to perform great no matter what um so definitely now you're actually going to want to build for it if you're going to use it which i think is a good thing the dot damage is also uh decreased by 48 percent uh but it can crit now but even so that's still a, a pretty big nerf to that dot damage uh the explosion damage has been increased by three percent and I'm guessing that's not able to crit. Um, so you actually get a little bit more out of the explosion component. Uh, and the damage now always applies the diseased status effect. So anyway, the dev comment, they basically said that Plague Break is too popular for non-bomber builds. Like basically everyone's using it and they really want it to be specifically used for that kind of group wiping scenario. And I think this maybe achieves that. It seems like it might. How many how many patches and updates have come around since these sets were introduced? Plague Break? Dark Convergence, where Azos was like, hey, we're introducing these bomb builds that are supposed to break up, you know, groups and, and large PvP. And it, however many patches later, they might have finally gotten there, where these are just good bomb sets. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken us a minute to get here, but I think that they're finally there. Well, these two sets, it's it's like their one-year anniversary. They were introduced Q3 last year. <sighs> That's crazy. Sure. It's crazy to think. Yeah. But I think they're finally... Maybe where they were meant to, you know, what they were intended for. Plague Break is nice. It's nice that that's getting nerfed. Dark Convergence, though, that's what I'm really, really happy about. That's the one that just griefs me every single day. Kingnar says they need to remove Dark Convergence. 
I agree. <laughs> they need to just delete yeah. it, but that's probably not going to happen. So I'll take a nerf. <laughs> um, no rush of agony nerf. We were kind of on a roll here. We nerfed Oak and Soul. We, we nerfed Dark <sighs> Convergence. We nerfed we... Plague Break. Rush of Agony was just all that was left, really, as far as sets that are just egregious in my mind. We were so close to the full bingo. I mean, ah, we were we had just right there. Hey, we had it all. PTS isn't over yet. You know, it could happen. <laughs> Hold out um, hope. And, the, and hey, these adjustments that are happening, I think that Oak and Soul change is really smart, really good. I'm actually really yeah. looking forward to, to the new corrected oaken soul you know i don't even want to call it a nerf it's just like what it should should have been in the first place really should have been at the launch yeah i mean it's had a long journey over a short period of time so (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's been i mean it is fun it's a cool fun mythic we're going to talk about it a little more uh later on that's all the armor set stuff that we had to talk about some good stuff happening there some cool new sets some some smart adjustments to some existing sets heavy attack builds deleted uh, a lot of good stuff um let's get into some combat and ability changes there's some really really impactful stuff happening here and we're going to skip some of it uh, so definitely check those patch notes for yourself if you want to see every little detail but we've tried to pick out the juiciest stuff um so let's start off with light and heavy attacks they're changing uh light and heavy attacks uh, from now on, or as of this update, they're going to deal a flat amount of damage uh, rather than scaling with your offensive stats. And the amount of damage is going to depend on your weapon, but basically, long story short, it's going to be like 20 to 30% less than the damage your light and heavy attacks are dealing right now. Um, so definitely anticipate, I mean, you know, those numbers could be adjusted next week. We'll see where, where we end up. But, uh, <laughs> sure. but in general, it seems like they want light attacks, light and heavy attacks to deal less damage in general. Uh, the dev comment says their reasoning is basically they want to reduce the skill gap. They they want light attack weaving to give you less of an advantage uh, than what it does right now. That's It's interesting that that's kind of their comment because the biggest takeaway I get from this is that they're just, you know, this is kind of an answer for power creep for them. And, and That's what I think it really is. Yeah. And, and none of these long, you know, year year long you know decade long games have figured out a great answer for power creep in my opinion i don't think anybody's figured out the perfect answer for it and you know each game's kind of coming up with their own solution to it but i that's that's how i take this is that they've got to have some sort of solution for they're coming out with a new dungeon that needs to be competitive while another dungeon that you can do at the same level you could literally solo with your eyes closed by yourself yeah <laughs> they've got to somehow close that power creep gap so i feel pretty neutral on it myself like i don't really mind light attacks doing less damage i think the fact still remains that if you want to do the most possible damage that you can possibly do you're going to want to light attack weave because that's just free damage that that you're missing out on if you don't do it so i don't feel like Mm -hmm. my actual experience of how i play the game is really going to change at all so i don't know i feel i feel basically indifferent about this change personally I just look at it as kind of one of those that it is less damage, but everybody's getting less damage. Heals are going, there's going to be less heals, there's going to be less damage. So it's just kind of everything's going down uh, to kind of, I don't know. I, I get that's how I kind of look as the nerf is that it's not like a specific nerf that's going to hit me. It's going to, everybody's going to be doing less damage. Everybody's going to have less healing. And so it, uh, that kind of makes up for it in a PVP sense. I can, I know that there's a lot of, um, 
PVE that's a little worried about this with the with the DPS numbers going down pretty drastically. That's the main kind of criticism that I've seen that that makes really good sense is that it doesn't actually really reduce the skill gap really because you know you're really elite players that are like getting all the the hard achievements and setting records yeah. and stuff like that. They're going to be doing a bazillion damage no matter what. You know, they're going to figure out a way to to still set those records and all that stuff. It's the people who are right on the cusp of getting those achievements and completing that content. You know, they're they're real close. Um, yeah. This is going to pull them a little bit further away from that. It's those mid tier players that they can light attack weave and they're they're pretty good players, but they're not the best. Um, yeah. Those are probably the people that are going to be impacted the most, I think. Um. But nonetheless, me personally, I don't really feel too strongly about it either way. Uh, related to the light and heavy attacks, Empower now uh, adds 1,800 flat damage to your light and heavy attacks rather than uh, increasing them by 40%. Um, so that's just what Empower is now. And uh, like I was saying earlier, it seems like they're trying to make Empower more of a thing, more of something that you might want to try yeah. to get into your build. And we'll see more examples of that as we go. It definitely definitely seems like a lot bigger deal. I mean, just look at that light attack damage. If their light attack damage is two thousand, but you're getting eighteen hundred damage from that, that's a lot more than forty percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dots are also changing. So, <clears throat> in general, all dots are now going to last twenty seconds instead of uh, the ten second standard that they have been. Also, the damage is going to tick every two seconds on every dot, rather than like right now, some dots tick every one second, some tick every two seconds. Now it's every two seconds, every dot across the board, and they're all going to last 20 seconds. The DPS of the dots are going to be uh, decreased by about 25%, uh, and the cost is going to be unchanged. Uh, the dev comment says they basically want dots to be easier to use. They want you to spend less time uh, keeping track of those timers and, and more time casting other more interesting abilities. Basically another way of reducing the skill gap. I actually really like this change. Like for PVE, I, I think they're right on the money. I don't want to be spending spending all my time juggling all these dots. It's nice if I can cast three or four dots and then forget about them for like 15 seconds and cast all my other abilities that are more fun to use. I 100% agree with you. I think it's going to be really good for PVE. I think it probably makes dots kind of unusable in PVP. But I mean, that's there's not a whole lot of really heavy dot builds right now. They're just kind of, you know, something to have on the bar. And so maybe there's some slight changes to that, but it definitely makes them have less value in PVP for sure. And I think dragon knights and necromancers in particular are going to feel that. I know uh, our buddy, uncle Sam necromane, he says this is really going to hurt his build quite a bit. Um, but just speaking sel selfishly, I think I, I like PvP metas where dots don't do a lot of damage. You remember the dot meta back in the day? Oh, I try not to. I try not to. That wasn't to. a lot of fun. I don't like it when <laughs> damage can easily be dealt passively. You know, if someone can throw a couple of dots on me and then run away while I'm just like slowly melting behind a wall, you know, I don't like yeah. that. I like it when I like high damage metas, but I like that damage to be intentional. Like they're coming at me, they, they yeah. have to pull off a combo and successfully execute that combo to take me out. That's kind of how I like my PvP. That was the worst thing about the dot meta, in my opinion, was it was just you would you'd be running and you would just drop dead and you'd look around. And you're like, who the heck just killed yeah. me? Nobody's near me. Yeah. Like, what? What? How did I just die? Uh, there were so many times I'd find myself just like alone, hiding behind a wall and just fighting <laughs> yeah. for my life, casting every heal I have, trying yeah. to outheal these dots. 
with with yeah, no it's one like, around. What is going on right now? Yeah. Um, so I actually really like this uh, change to dots. PVE seems like when I'm doing PVE, my rotation is going to be a little more fun, and it's going to make the PvP meta something more what what I enjoy. Heals over time are also getting changed a little bit. Uh, so basically, the goal is um, they want single target or sticky hots to be weaker, and they want AOE hots to be stronger. That's kind of the general overall goal. Uh, and that makes sense. Like, if, you know, if you throw down a ground AOE, you actually have to be intentional about where you're putting that, and other people have to be intentional mm -hmm. about where they're standing to get that heal. So it makes sense that it should be a stronger heal. Um, but abilities like regeneration, like rapid regen and uh, radiating regen, those are sticky hots. And so that type of ability um, is, is getting nerfed pretty substantially, actually. We'll see some examples of that. Yeah. Again, that's another thing I really like. I think this is addressing cross-healing in PvP, something we've been yep. complaining about for a few patches now. Um, and really, regen is the primary offender of that. And it's, you know, it's one of these sticky hots that are being nerfed, and I think that basically is going to largely solve that problem. I actually love this change. I, I like the idea that they're bringing more skill to healers. Yes. Like, most, you know, I think the lack of you know all of these sticky hots you can just most of the healers are really not healers but if you're gonna melt those then it's gonna cause a need for a healer but it's gonna cause a need for a actual skilled healer and i love that idea i think that is very much needed um so this is actually one of my favorite changes is that let's have healers actually go in there and and, and focusing and trying to aim for spots and yeah and and have some of the same challenges that uh, people in there are doing damage and trying to hit people with abilities and stuff. Healers need to experience that too. Yeah, that you're totally right. Because the way it has been for a while now is a lot of healing is kind of brainless. You know, like you have four people uh -huh. on a team, all four uh -huh. people just spam regen a few times and then just forget about healing for a while and it's kind of taken yeah. care of. Um, they do say that their goal is to make healing a more intentional, like deliberate sort of, uh, of thing. And they're not touching burst heals, like instant heals at all. You know, you still have your 16k tooltip breath of life or whatever, you know. That stuff's all still there. Um, so healing can still be super duper strong, but only with intentionality behind it. Um, I think yeah. that's that's great. It's perfect. Great change. And I don't really think it's gonna I don't really think it's gonna affect PvE. Like in PvE, healing is like overabundant, you know. I, I feel like it's really yes. easy to overheal in PvE. I don't think it's even gonna be an issue there. Yeah. And, you know, and just kind of summing that up, the, the light and heavy attacks, the, the empower, the dot changes, the hunt changes, I, and I think you're on the same page with me. I'm actually kind of okay with all this. Like, none of those are really bothering me. Like, they were a lot to take in when you read, like, when we read the PTS, it's like, whoa, look at all this stuff. But kind of what you were talking about earlier on, like, now that I've kind of, the dust has settled, I'm, I don't have a problem with those. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling okay about these changes. I'm basically indifferent about the light and heavy attack stuff. Uh, the dot changes, I think, are good. The hot changes, I think, are good. You know, so far, so good. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Dragon Knights. I think Dragon Knights are looking pretty good here. The The dot changes are going to affect them negatively, and they're going to feel that more than most, I think. But uh, other than that, some really interesting things happening here. So um, the Molten Whip, spammable. That's the, that's the morph that you can build up those three stacks and that increases the damage of your next whip and it gives you these stacks of weapon and spell damage. So they're decreasing the amount of bonus damage that those stacks give to your whip. It's 22% per stack instead of 33% per stack now. 
So a bit of a damage nerf on that end, but those stacks also give you 100 weapon and spell damage per stack instead of 75, and those stacks of weapon and spell damage don't get consumed when you use the whip. I honestly, I've read through this one multiple times, and I honestly wonder, like in the in the grand scheme of things, in the long, thinking always from a PvP standpoint here, but like in a full battleground, if this won't actually result in more damage. Not the finishing power, but an actual overall more damage. Yeah, it seems like maybe so. Like you might actually, in general, be doing more uh, more damage because that basically when you're actively engaged in combat, you're going to have a permanent extra 300 weapon and spell damage basically at all times because of this change here. And that's that's a five-piece set right there. That's yeah. a weapon damage from... Uh... That's Giuliano's five-piece. Yeah. yeah. There you um, go. Just for free. So less burst potential. Still pretty good burst potential, though. That thing had like over a 20k tooltip on a lot of builds. So I think it's still actually going to mm-hmm. hit pretty darn hard. Um, and you have that permanent 300 weapon and spell damage. I think that's really great. Also, this is interesting. The cost is split 50-50 between Magicka and Stamina now. Uh, the first true hybrid ability. Yeah, <laughs> and the devs do say they, they want the ability to be easier to use for Stamina and hybrid builds, which I think that's definitely going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. I did make a note that uh, the flame lash morph. Nothing changed about that at all, and it. I don't think it needs to. It's still a totally great. That's actually the morph that I prefer. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, nothing's changing there. Empowering chains, the class uh, gap closer, the one that pulls you to the enemy. Uh, it now gives you empower for ten seconds instead of three seconds. Uh, so there we go. We were saying there's going to be some more empower is going to be more of a thing, in ten seconds. Yep. If you're using this, if this is on your bar, you're going to have permanent empower. I mean, 10 seconds at a yeah, time. absolutely. Just every single light attack is going to have that extra 1,800 damage. So that's really nice. Um, Molten Armaments does the same thing. It will now grant empower for the duration of that ability. And that's like 36 seconds, I want to say, long. Um, yeah. So that's permanent empower from that ability if you want it as well. But here we go. It no longer increases the damage of your heavy attacks. It used to get, or currently, right now, it gives forty percent bonus damage to your heavy attacks. It's not going to do that anymore, and that's kind of the final nail in the heavy attack build coffin, right there. I'm not sad to see him go. <laughs> I'm not sad. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not going to miss those thirty-three k single heavy attacks. Uh, certainly yeah. not. I'm talking thirty-three k. How much damage I take from a single yeah. heavy attack? Yeah. Um, I've, I've definitely seen them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those heavy attack sets got nerfed, heavy attacks themselves got nerfed. This ability that basically heavy attack builds rely on doesn't do that anymore. So that's just, those are just gone. Those sets are just deleted now. Or those, those builds are just deleted now. Or they do it against monsters. <laughs> or you can do it against monsters, but, but not as well as you could before, really. Not as well as you could, that's true. Uh, and then Burning Embers, that's the Fire Claw dot that you put on people. Uh, they put it back to healing for 100% of the damage done instead of 50%. And they say that's because dots are going to be weaker now, so they felt like it was uh, a good a good thing to, to do. Uh, and that makes sense, I think. That seems good. What do you think, Davius? Is Lord of Nords, your, your DK, is he going to be all right after all this? I think he's coming out of this unscathed. Really, the only thing that's going to kind of hit him is that I used that uh, breath. And you actually kind of made me have a much, you know, eased my mind on this. I used that breath as a spammable, but the only nerf it's getting is the dot portion of it. 
and that's not really huge. I mainly use it just for the the initial damage and the debuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think that can still stay the same, and I think it's actually going to be kind of nice. The only change I might look at is maybe trying to get that 300 weapon damage. Uh, get molten weapon there? damage on the bar, but I don't know. That's an Oaken Soul we'll tool, isn't it? That's yeah, tough. I don't know if I've got the bar that spots bar space, for that. Bar space, it's tough. The bar space is a little limited. Dude, it's limited real estate there. We're going to talk about it later. We just now jumped on this Oaken Soul train like days ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, but man, it really is fun. Like you really have to like think about every bar slot and get the most value you possibly can out of every single yep. one. It's really a cool way to make a build. I've really, I found that I've enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Necromancers, um, the skeletal mage ability, um, the base ability, and its morphs now last for twenty seconds instead of sixteen. They reduce the cost by about twelve hundred. Um, the Arcanist, the, the Magic Morph, um, increased the AoE radius to 5 meters instead of 4 meters. Um, and then the Skeletal Archer, the, the Stamina Morph, this one seems to be buffed pretty significantly, increased the damage done mm-hmm. per stack up to 15% instead of 5%. So the way this ability works is every attack right now is 5% stronger than the last. Now it's going to be 15% stronger than the last, and it lasts longer, so it's going to ramp up even further than it did before. Yeah. I'm really interested to see if this is going to get this Skeletor Archer to be a pretty popular ability. I mean, I could see that really ramping up. Yeah, I'm really curious to to see how that performs. That seems like a significant buff. Like, when it, once it's yeah, towards the end right? of that duration, it seems like it's going to be pumping out some serious damage. Yeah, I agree. Here's the biggie. The Spirit Mender reduced the healing by 48%. Almost half. It had to happen, but it's sad. It had to happen, but the day has come. The reckoning is upon we us. We knew this day was coming. <laughs> you could see it a mile away. This thing has been way too strong for way too long. Shout out to the to the fifth man on the team, if you're Absolutely. in a BG. <laughs> I, I am sad to see it. My Necro Healer super duper crutches on the Intensive Mender because it's basically just doing my job for me. I just have to make sure that thing is active every eight seconds. Just push that button again, and that's the healer. I'm doing other stuff, you know? <laughs> uh, it's so, so good. It's so incredibly <laughs> strong. Um, it needed yeah. to be nerfed. This is a significant nerf. I'll still use it on my Necro Healer oh, yeah. because what else What else would I use in its place, you know? But, uh, yeah. You know, we had our fun. It was it was fun while it yeah. lasted. It's kind of interesting because the reason it's getting nerfed is not for the healers that used it. The reason it's getting nerfed is because the DPS necros that were just throwing this on there, like, oh hey, I'll just throw this on there and have a crazy heal in the team. Uh, that was getting a little out of control, but it is kind of sad for the necro healers. Our friend uh, Uncle Sam, Stamcrow main, he'd have his you know, 10,000 weapon damage Stamcrow running around with an intensive mender in a battleground, and the thing has, like, you know, a tooltip <laughs> that's, like, twice the amount of my healer's uh, intensive yeah. mender. So, yeah, I had a feeling that this hybridization would be the thing that kind of tips this ability over the edge of the someone taking notice at Zoss, be like, hey, we gotta do something about the spirit mender. That's, yeah, this can't that's be, a little this ridiculous. Can't uh, the Death Knell passive. The Death Knell passive now increases your critical chance by 8% per Gravelord grave ability slotted instead of 4%. That's against targets who are in execute range uh, is only when you get that. But 8% instead of 4%, that's a pretty good buff. Uh, and then the Rapid Rot passive now increases your dot damage by 10% instead of 15%. 
<sighs> bit of a nerf there. And dots themselves are being nerfed considerably as well, right? Um, Uncle Sam says this is, this really hurts his build quite a bit. That's what I was gonna say. All thoughts out there to Uncle Sam. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Necromancers are getting some good things, some bad things. That spirit mender nerf definitely had to happen as as much as it hurts. Um, I think necromancers are probably going to be okay, honestly. Yeah, I think they'll 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 be really just strong fine. class all around. Uh, Nightblades, Nightblades win the patch, no question. Ugh. I mean, they are the oh, they come boy. out on top a hundred percent. So. Um, the main thing that everyone's talking about this patch is this new surprise attack. Uh, surprise attack is the stamina morph of the class melee spammable. Um, it now always critically strikes when you're flanking an enemy. 100% crit when you're flanking. It already stuns your enemy when you're flanking them. So now it stuns and crits on them every single time. So that seems strong. Yeah. For PvE, that seems pretty darn amazing since you're always flanking a boss. So your spammable is critting 100% of the time. And also think about dots are twice as long now. So you're spending way longer periods of time spamming your spammable, which is critting every single time. That's going to be super duper strong in PvE. PvP too, obviously, you know, you could come out of stealth with an end cap. You get a guaranteed uh, crit on end cap out of stealth. Uh, and then you can keep coming at them with guaranteed crits from your surprise attack as long as you're flanking them. Most Nightblades have quite a bit of movement speed. They try to stay on your flank already anyway. Um, so that's just that's just a straight-up major, major damage buff. Yeah. I was saying just on the last episode how Nightblades are kind of on a rampage right now, and it's basically mandatory to have some sort of anti-stealth in your build. Absolutely. Uh, that's... <laughs> going to be more true than ever this next patch nightblades are about to have their time i mean they're already kind of having it right now that's what i was going to say is that they're they're pretty uh prominent in bgs right yeah. now and pretty effective and so that that's getting ramped up i'm i'm a little nervous i'm a little nervous uh of our invisible friends and in bgs oh they're about to go nuts so surprise attack that's the stamina morph the magic morph is actually getting some really cool stuff too it doesn't get that guaranteed crit from flank but it does do the the guaranteed stun from flank it's always done that um but also now it gives minor expedition at all times while slotted instead of the 25 percent movement speed while you're in stealth uh so minor expedition is 15 percent movement speed so it is a bit slower but it's at all times you don't have to be invisible or or anything uh to get that i think that's better i actually think that's a good thing um and then in addition to that um, concealed weapon Oof. also increases your weapon and spell damage by 300 for 15 seconds when you leave stealth while in combat. So it's a, you know, they just did this with the DK. They have this free 300 uh, weapon and spell damage tied to your spammable ability, and now they're doing that with concealed weapon. 300 weapon and spell damage tied to your spammable. In 15 seconds, that's a really long duration on that. Uh, you, there's a vampire passive that does that. You can use the Stygian armor set. That would stack to like a thousand weapon and spell damage when you uh, when you come out of stealth. That could be really, yeah. really strong. Could be real nasty. And we will probably see that. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if we're going to see more melee magblades. There was a time, there was a point in time when um, melee magblades were kind of, uh, kind of the hot thing. The, uh, it was kind of like what the cool kids were doing there for a while. My thoughts were, if these changes aren't enough for you to bring your, your stand blade off the shelf, I don't think anything is. 
I don't think he's ever coming off the shelf. I kind of have some ideas cooking for <laughs> for Catface Johnson. For old Catface Johnson, the OG character. That is one thing. Actually, it's one of these other changes that I'm kind of more thinking of, but uh, we'll get to that here in a second. So, um, next ability, Killer's Blade. That's the class uh, Execute ability, the Stamina Morph. Um, it's basically going to work like the two-handed Executioner ability now. It's going to scale up to 400% additional damage st- uh, based on your target's missing health, starting at 50% health. Uh, rather than right now, you get a straight 300% increased damage as soon as your target dips below 25%. You could look at it as a nerf or a buff. I think you could look at it a couple of different ways. I think, really, though, this new version makes it easier to use. Um, yeah. There may be situations where it's technically not as strong as the old version, but in general, I think it'll be easier to use. Still, though, Spend a Win is the king of executes, and I think most of the time, most people are just going to want to use that no matter what. It's kind of my my hunch. Blur. This is the ability that I think is the most interesting. So Blur is the class ability that gives you major evasion, and it puts that kind of bubble around you. That's what the base ability does. Um, Now, in addition to that, it's going to reduce the cost of your next roll dodge by 10% whenever you take direct damage, and that stacks up to 100%. So you take 10 attacks, and your next roll dodge is free, basically. But I was thinking, even if you take two or three attacks, a 20 to 30% you know, cost reduction to roll dodge, if you're wearing a couple of uh, well-fitted pieces as well, I mean, that's going to be super duper valuable. Seems really, really yeah. good. And both morphs of Blur are really great. There's one morph that gives you snare removal as well. So you have one, one ability that's giving you major evasion, this free roll dodge thing, uh, and snare removal. That has a lot of value right there. Aspect of Terror, that's the class like AoE Fear ability, Um, so it now applies Major Cowardice uh, to anybody it hits for 10 seconds. Major Cowardice, that's the the anti-Major Courage. So I think it takes away like 430 weapon and spell damage pre-buffed, so it'll probably be more like 600 or 700 once you account for buffs that you're actually taking away from your targets. That's a very, very strong debuff. Yeah, for 10 seconds. 10 whole seconds. Uh, they also increase the target cap to, uh, to six instead of three. That's the base ability. The mass hysteria morph has no target cap. Uh, and then the manifestation of terror morph, uh, no longer lays two traps. It only lays one trap at your target location. That's it. And probably the one nerfed Nightblades, uh, the Dark Cloak, that's the other morph of invisibility, the one that heals you instead of turns you invisible. It now heals for 20% of your missing health per tick, rather than 9% of your max health per tick. So I think there may be situations where that actually is stronger, but I think in general, overall, you're, you're probably getting less value out of it. But still, it could heal. Yeah, it still seems like it could be good in the right situation. I kind of have a feeling less people will use it as a result, though. It's just kind of my, my hunch. But... In general, I mean that that crazy surprise attack and concealed weapon buff. Either really either one seemed really really good. Uh, and blur the new blur with that roll dodge thing, uh, and then the aspect of terror with the the major cowardice. Um, yeah, I think Nightblades are about to have even more fun than they already are. Yeah, it. I mean, and solo in the solo BGQ right now is like that is like where Nightblades hang out. And I think that's only going to increase. Yeah. 
on the opposite end. So if Nightblades are winning um, the PTS, Sorcerers are probably losing the PTS. At least <laughs> Sam Sorks, I would say. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It might be a tie between Sam Sorks and Templars. Uh, we'll, we'll weigh it out. I'd, I'd probably give that win to Templars, but yeah, we'll get there. Um, so Crystal Weapon is having its damage reduced by 41.5%. Uh, also reduced mm-hmm. the cost by 1,500, and Bound Armaments reduced its damage by 38%, and it no longer increases your light attack damage. Um, mm. Those are two key abilities that these Bosorks have been using, right? The uh, the Savage Werewolf yeah. uh, Bosorks, uh, Crystal Weapon and Bound Armaments are, are two like bread and butter abilities uh, that those builds have been using. So that build is just totally deleted. You can't you can't have that build anymore. It's not going to be nearly as effective. Yeah. Do you think that crystal weapon is still even going to be used at this point? I bet a lot of people drop off of it. Yeah, I just you know, yeah, I just don't see the popularity of that seems like it's going to be pretty rare now. It seemed like someone at Zoss was specifically mad at that particular build. Like it seems like with surgical <laughs> precision, they're like, "We don't want that build to exist anymore. I'm gonna get that out of here." <laughs> uh, they did make a dev comment. They said, <clears throat> "They said basically, Stamsworks in this hybrid meta, they have too many good options available to them, and they just have more power potential than they really intended for." And I can kind of see the point there. So. I don't think this means that Stamsorks are dead or even that they're in a bad spot. I actually think Stamsorks are still in a very, very good spot. Um, I have a Stamsork that does not use Crystal Weapon or Bound Armaments, never has. Uh, and he's still in excellent shape. He's doing really, really well. And I think there's at least a couple more ways to build a Stamsork that would be super duper strong and really effective. This specific bow build basically yeah. is getting severely nerfed and it may not be nearly as viable anymore but you can definitely still make a really good stamp sort probably you, you can probably still make a yeah. really good bow sort even it would just have to be a different kind of setup yeah and and like you said your your stamp sort has gotten great results uh in pvp right now and honestly these changes he's probably getting buffed with you know some of these changes we're about to go into so yeah, in general, most of these changes don't really affect him all that much, or or if they do, they affect him positively. Yeah, so I, I still think Stam Sork is... You can have a good Stam Sork, it's just maybe that one specific build is, is yeah, targeted. exactly. One of the Zoss devs who plays in, in PvP ran into that build too many times. Yeah. <laughs> they went into some BGs and just saw that build as far as the eye can see, and like, oh, we gotta do something about this back at the office. Got a couple of hate whispers from the players, and they're like, oh, just you will. <laughs> um, dark Conversion, not to be confused with Dark Convergence. This is the sorcerer ability that uh, trades stamina for magicka and health. Uh, basically, they're slightly increasing the amount of health and magicka that you get, and they're also increasing the amount of stamina that it costs. So just all those numbers are going up a little bit. Um, the stamina morph, the uh, dark deal, the morph that you uh, you spend magicka and turn it into stamina and health, um, it's getting a very slight cost increase, uh, and it's also going to restore its stamina over 10 seconds instead of 20 seconds. So it's re- restoring the same amount of stamina in half the amount of time. That's actually a pretty nice buff. Yeah, that seems like a very significant buff. I think I don't know if that fully compensates for the crystal weapon bound armaments nerfs uh, that we just talked about, but 
it's certainly some compensation anyway. For our stamp sorts, it sure works. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely take it. I think I'm going to try switching to the Warrior Mundus and see if the the sustain feels comfortable with, yeah, with this change. Absolutely. I might have to go back to, to the Serpent. I don't know, but I'm at least going to try the Warrior and see how that goes. And if so, that's just more damage for me. For I think my stamps work either way. I'm either going to have way better sustain or I'm going to have way better damage one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um. So that seems pretty good. Uh, the Storm Atronach Ultimate, it now lasts 15 seconds instead of 21 seconds, and it costs 275 Ultimate instead of 200. So shorter duration, higher cost. Um, but now, when somebody activates the Synergy, uh, right now as it is, um, you activate the Synergy and you give yourself Major Berserk and you give the Atronach Major Berserk. That's it. Um, now when somebody activates the, the synergy, it gives major, Ber- Ma- major Berserk to them and five nearby allies. That's a very, very strong change. Major Berserk to yeah. your whole team, basically. How long does it last? Do you know? I don't remember the, the duration of that. Gotcha. And I'm not going to Google it. So we'll just, <laughs> we'll just enjoy the mystery. <laughs> somebody will let us know at some point. Um, Email. <laughs> Scroll podcast. Scroll podcast How long does the store battery dog <laughs> I hope somebody just sends an email with just the time. Eight Uh, seconds. That's the whole email. (laughs) I bet it's at least ten seconds. I don't know. The Greater Storm Atronach Morph increases the single target damage by 30%. It no longer increases the duration of the ability. So it's still going to be 15 seconds. The Charged Atronach, that's the morph that I use on my Stamp Sork, it now only uses an AoE attack, and it attacks every two seconds. I actually really like that a lot. So it's just yeah. always pulsating out that, that AoE attack every two seconds. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's just a lot different ability now. You know, it's kind of like, it's not really a nerf or a buff. It's just different to me. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, they just kind of shifted around the balancing there. Eight seconds on that major berserk. Whoa! I uh, guessed. I just randomly guessed it. Look at me! <laughs> look at me. I just knew it. I knew it all along. I know that ability like the back of my hand. Shout out to Grizzly Khan for, uh, for getting that info in the Discord. Discord Ninja. Um... So there you go. That's Sorcerers. Uh, sorry, Bosorks. I'm sorry. It sucks. I know. It sucks to get nerfed. But I don't have a lot of sympathy because I'm a Templar main and get a yeah. Get you're a about to you, you can re- you're about to explain why you can relate. <laughs> I can I can very much relate. Uh, so Templars puncturing strikes. Mm. That's the base ability of jabs, right? So um, sorry, I'm getting emotional about this. Um, <laughs> choking up he's choking up everybody so jabs now hits three times instead of four they reduce the cast time to 800 milliseconds instead of one full second it has a whole new animation i'm, I'm still on the fence about the animation i, I don't hate it i don't sure. love it i don't know sure a very slight cost reduction and here you go they reduce the damage <sighs> of the primary attack by 21 percent i feel like the part that really hits home for me with that is that me and you both have very similar Stamplar setups. And a big part of that build is the Deadly Strike set. Mm-hmm. The Deadly Strike set gives that ability a 15% damage buff. And they just nerfed the ability by 21%. They just wiped out Deadly Strikes and some on the ability. Yeah, That hurts. That's That stings. That's a deep cut. Well, it's about to get deeper because we're not done. <laughs> we're not done. Uh, 
the the AOE portion of the damage is actually increased by seven percent. So the way jabs works is you have a primary target that you deal more damage to, and then anyone else mm-hmm. that's nearby that's in range of jabs, you deal a smaller amount of damage to those people. Uh, so that smaller amount of damage is being increased by seven percent, right? Um, the puncturing sweeps morph, that's the magicka morph, uh, reduce the healing to 33% of the damage done instead of 40%. And the damage done is decreased by 21%, so you're getting a lot less healing from it, actually. Yeah. Um, and then biting jabs, the stamina morph, um, it now adds t- uh, an additional 25% to the AoE portion of the damage. Again, not the primary target, but the AoE portion. So the primary target, you're still doing 21% less damage to them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you've ever, if you've never played a Templar, if you don't know, jabs is basically where all of your damage comes from. In a, in a PvP situation, it's basically all jabs. Um, yeah. So a 21% nerf to jabs is basically just a 21% nerf to your entire offense, more or less, outside of your ultimate. Um, so that hurts, and it, as if that's not enough. <laughs> We're still going. The burning light passive. Uh, so the burning light passive now procs off of any attack rather than just Adric spear abilities. Uh, but they increase the cooldown of the stack generation to 500 milliseconds instead of one millisecond. And basically what that means is the way burning light procs uh, works right now is it's guaranteed to proc every single time you hit somebody with jabs it's always going to proc mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so you can just kind of count that as part of jabs's damage i always just mentally factor that in as the, as part of the tooltip you know it's just always in there um with this change here burning light at best is going to be able to proc every other global cooldown every other cast of jabs basically um so it's going to be hitting half as often at best um plus they reduce the damage of the proc by 33%. <laughs> it just keeps coming Oof. and coming and coming. Oof. Um, so jabs reduced by 21%, burning light reduced by 33%, but it's really 66% because it procs half as often. Um, so man, just some major, major nerfs of Templar. This is one of the things, like I was saying at the, at the beginning of the podcast, there's a lot of good things happening in this patch. I'm actually really looking forward to a lot of things. If they address a couple of concerns that I have, uh, these are those couple of concerns. It's just all the Templar changes, basically. (laughs) Yes. The Templars are rising up right now. Uh, (laughs) Oh man. And I I don't really think Templars overperform. I've always thought they were solidly like upper middle tier, but not like totally dominating so my my thoughts on this are is is at the at the risk of of ket's rage easy easy (laughs) (laughs) i see where they were going with this and just in the sense that every templar uses jabs every temple like if you're a templar use jabs that's just the rule like I, me and you have even had builds where we're like, well, let's we're gonna try to be different, and use non jabs, and then you go right back to jabs. That's just every Templar uses jabs, so I can kind of see it from the side that they were like, well, let's try to make Templars that don't have to use jabs. Like I can kind of see that, you know, kind of what I was saying earlier. If they've got an ability that everybody's using, 
usually they'll focus that ability to try to make less people use it. Your class ability should be the best abilities available, though. Like, I do agree with that. Right now on uh, on PTS, Templars are reporting that they're getting more damage from Rapid Strikes, the dual-wield ability. <sighs> that's sad. Well, and that's the thing, too, is that like, Templar is the one ability where, yes, like I was saying, I get where they're coming from. Everybody uses jabs, so they're probably trying to reduce that. But like, that's just what Templar is. Like, I think we're too far into this to try it's to why change you play that Templar. Now. Yeah, like jabs is Templar. Like when people make Templars, they make it for jabs. I just, I think we're too far into what jabs are to try to change that now. It's been that way for so long. So many people have such muscle memory uh, with jabs that I don't know. That's just. This is really the one big bummer to me. I mean, the the sorcerer nerfs, honestly, I don't feel too strongly about it because they don't actually affect my sorcerer, but I do see that that could be a bummer to some people, but the Templar stuff is really what's, like, really sitting real with me because I'm, I'm a stamina Templar main, and my Stamplar is, like, in the best shape of her life right now. I mean, she is just, like, perfection I mm-hmm. finally got her exactly where she wants to be. She does very good damage. She also has very good support. She's just, like, exactly perfect. And, man, I log on to PTS with this character now, and it's, it's like, an unacceptable amount of damage. You know, I, I'm going to have to totally reinvent the character, start all over again, because there's no way I can go into a battleground with that kind of damage. People laugh at me. You know, it's, it's just not, I, it's not there. This is a big one to me. I think... Week three PTS, we're going to see some pretty significant adjustments to these numbers. I just yeah. can't think other, like I just can't imagine there has to otherwise. Be. Yeah, there has to be something. Yeah, they have to realize the uproar. People love Templars, and people love Templars because they're jabs. I'm okay with the new animation. I'm even okay with the three hits instead of four. You know, if you want to make it quicker and and change that up, it's kind of a, I don't know. It kind of feels like it's messing with all of our muscle memory. But okay, whatever. But yeah, I can kind of adapt and get used to that. Yeah, like you yeah. want to get new muscle memory and try to learn how to, you know, light attack weave with the new jabs, that's fine. But just nerfing the spammable to just do a no damage is, I, I just can't imagine that damage nerf staying the same. That's got to lighten up a little bit. Yeah, I would say this is this has got to be like number one thing that people are like, why are you killing my my Templar? What, yeah. did, I, what did I do to you? Uh, so I think you're probably right. Week three, surely going to see some adjustments to that. Got we got it. We 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 must hold out hope. <laughs> We're all hoping, We're crossing our fingers. Let's talk about wardens. Some some interesting things happening with wardens here. So um, the advanced species passive now gives 990 penetration per animal companion slotted, rather than two percent damage done. Um, that technically is going to be a little bit of a nerf. Nine nine ninety penetration is equivalent to about one point five percent damage done. So compared to the two percent that you get right now, that's about a twenty five percent nerf to that passive. Even with that nerf, I kind of like this because I feel like it's easier to get uh, weapon damage than it is penetration. And it's always good to have penetration on a build, and so I actually kind of like this. Yeah, 990 penetration is actually pretty good, and it's actually pretty easy to put a whole bunch of those. You can you can actually make your whole front bar the entire animal companion's oh, yeah. skill line, and it works. It's old bear claw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say technically a nerf, but still a good passive. The cutting dive, that's the class spammable, the stamina morph. It now has uh, triple the chance to apply the bleed status, 
and the cost is refunded if you hit an enemy that's off balance. And remember, this ability sets people off balance, so you're going to get a lot of free casts out of that thing. Mm -hmm. And then the Magicka Morph, the Cliff Racer, it gives you 100 weapon and spell damage when you hit an enemy, or 300 weapon and spell damage when you hit an off balance enemy, and that lasts for 10 seconds. And it no longer gives you the 15% increased damage done based on distance. You just get that, that weapon and spell damage thing instead. So that, here's the third time we're getting 300 weapon and spell damage attached yeah. to a spammable. Right? We had Dragon Knights, we had Nightblades, now we had Wardens. D didn't get it on Templar. For didn't get reason. it on Templar. Sorks um, don't have it. And uh, Necros. Strange. But I don't think a lot of Wardens use Cutting Dive, honestly. I think as a very like underutilized ability and i, I yeah. think this does both mars really this does you know add a little bit of incentive to use that i mean if your spammable is free half the time that's going to be pretty nice or if it's giving you an extra 300 weapon yeah. and spell damage at all times that's also pretty nice also very nice yeah i think it's going to be pretty good and it you know uh the cutting dive's a little weird to use with like a melee warden build just because it's like this ranged and so it kind of feels funny but it works great with a, a warden bow build. It's it it works really nice with that setup. So, and I, this is coming from my warden is a bow build. So I'm actually pretty excited about this. I think a lot of people's gripe about it is the animation is kind of slow, and so it gets mm -hmm. dodged mm -hmm. quite a bit. It's slow and very noticeable. <laughs> yeah, super noticeable. It was actually, if you remember, when wardens were first introduced, that was not dodgeable. You could not dodge yeah. that ability. You just that bird was going to hit you no matter yeah. what. You just take it. You had to just block it. Was the only thing. This is probably my favorite change in the entire patch. I'm not even kidding. Um, <laughs> Falcon's, Falcon's Swiftness now grants four seconds of snare and immobilization immunity. This is just amazing. So Falcon Swiftness, that's the, the flappy spectral bird wings, like the eagle wings mm -hmm. that you flap. And they, make you, they give you major expedition. They make you run fast. Um, now it gives you snare and immobilization immunity. So it's... Um, it's a better version of Race Against Time. It gives you the exact same functionality uh, as Race Against Time, except now you can choose a morph that gives you either Minor Berserk or Minor Evasion, and it's going to give you a stack of that uh, Advanced Species passive, an extra 900 penetration for having it slotted. And it looks 10 times cooler uh, than, than Race Against Time also. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So all around, I've always said if you're a magic build, you have to have Race Against Time. Absolutely not optional. It must be on your on your PvP build. Now, unless you're a Warden, in which case you should use Falcon Swiftness instead. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and my Magden, I'll get into my Magden healer a little while later, but I'm already, like, my finger's on the trigger. I'm ready to slot that ability as soon as this patch hits. It's definitely going right on there. <laughs> Um, so really, really cool change there. Now this one's a head scratcher though. Scorch. Scorch is the base ability of sub assault. It's now going to hit after a four second delay. And then again, after another six seconds after that, rather than just hitting after a three second delay. Um, and then they reduce the damage by 8% and they slightly increase the cost. All around nerfing that ability. It's going to be hitting less often and it's going to be hitting for 8% less damage when it does hit. A weird, yeah, just a weird change. Um, just a weird change. It's like, uh, you know, it already takes a while to get used to that ability, I feel like, in your combo. Like, you know, you kind of have to get used to the rhythm of it, and they just wrecked all that again. Like, it's like, oh, crap, now I got to yeah. really get used to all that over again. Yeah, now the sub-assault, the stamina morph, 
it goes back to hitting after three seconds, but then it's five seconds after that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Still odd. Yeah, you're totally right. If you're a Warden main, like if you've been playing Warden ever since Morrowind, I mean, you are mm-hmm. firmly entrenched in this like every three seconds kind of rhythm. You know, that's yep. just what it is. There's absolutely no developer comment on this uh, explaining why they thought this was necessary. I mean, if they need to adjust the damage or whatever, fine. But why just totally disrupt the flow of what it feels like to play a warden for for no you know no reason apparently no no explanation why it just seems so nonsensical to me. I can see reducing the damage a little bit. You know, sub assault's a very strong ability. It's an AOE. I don't. I really don't think wardens are like overperforming damage wise at all, though. That's true. I mean, I if anything, I don't see a whole lot of wardens right now. I feel like they're kind of rare, at least in the, in the the BG world. Yeah, that's really the only thing though. Like everything else happening with wardens seems really good. I'm especially excited about that falcon's swiftness thing, but. The spammable changes are good. Uh, that advanced yeah. species, that's a little bit of a nerf, but it's still a good passive. Um, so that's kind of all the class stuff happening um, that, that seemed really significant. Uh, dual wield, flurry, that's the, the base ability of, uh, of rapid strikes. It now hits four times instead of five. Uh, they say it's basically going to have the same overall damage as it does right now. It has a totally new animation. I am not a fan of this animation. Uh, I'm sure I can get used to it, but <laughs> it's not nearly as cool looking as the current animation. It it kind of looks like basic heavy attacks. It looks, it looks like, like a. It looks like your character is throwing a temper tantrum to me. Like yeah, get away from me. <laughs> type temper tantrum. Here's a concept. Horrible animation. Yep. It's agreed. It's not great. It's not. It's great. it's ugly. I have seen some people say that they like it, especially if you're using axes or maces. Um, it, it doesn't look like you're trying to stab people with a hammer, you know, and, and you're actually swinging them. And I get that. That makes sense. I like the Rapid Strikes animation, man. It's so, like, brutal. You know, it just seems like you're stab, stab, yeah. stabbing them. Uh, this is just, like, flop, flop, flop. <laughs> I didn't even mind the hammer and axe animation because it's, like, you know, the idea of it was these rapid strikes. So even if you have a hammer or an axe, you're, like, hitting them quick, even with the end yeah, of it. Yeah, like, crushing their ribs and stuff. Yeah, like, you're yeah. still just, it's about, you know, these quick hits that are going to be effective. And now it's just this, like, I don't know. I'm mad at you, flailing. Yeah. Get away from me. Luckily, the functionality isn't really changing. It's They say it's going to do the same overall damage as it does right now. Uh, this is really the one change that actually does affect my stamp sort, because he does use this ability, and I'm going to have to get used to this new animation. Um, so I'm sure I can. Um, the Rabbit Strikes Morph, uh, each hit is increased by 5% instead of 3%. I think that's to account for the fact that it's hitting one fewer times. Yeah. Uh, and it's getting a slight cost decrease. It's a real shame that that's going to be best in slot spammable for Templars going forward. Uh. Well, it just goes against all reason, right? Like you said, uh, if it, this is an ability that if you're not a Templar, but you kind of want this type of ability, you use, it's not as good as jabs. But if you're a Templar, this being better than jab just makes zero sense. Like, why yeah. would a, a ability available to every class be better than your specific class ability? Yeah, that's known for being the best spammable in the game since forever. Uh, anyway, that's really the only significant things happening to dual wield. Resto staff, regeneration, reduce the healing by 40%. Big ol' nerf to regeneration. Yeah. Um, and then rapid regen increases the healing done by up to 50% based on the target's missing health. So you get some of that 
healing power back if someone's really low on health, uh, but in general, 40% nerf um, to the ability all around. Um, that's definitely going to affect my healer builds, no question, but like yeah. we were saying earlier, it's it's a good thing for PvP. We we yeah. need this this specific ability needs to be nerfed, and I think it's going to make I think it's going to make the uh, PvP experience a lot more enjoyable. You'll actually be able to get a kill now and then, which will be nice. Make <laughs> yeah. it be a little bit more fun when you get a couple of kills. Yeah. Um, grand healing, the ground AOE hot from the rest of staff. Um, uh, the base ability now has a 10 second duration instead of 8 seconds. The healing ticks every 2 seconds instead of every 1 second. And then the illustrious morph now lasts 20 seconds instead of 12, and it no longer increases the healing done uh, for that morph. Uh, and then Healing Springs isn't changed at all. It, it gets that 10-second duration like the base ability has, but otherwise nothing nothing changes with Healing Springs. Um, for PvP, this definitely means that Healing Springs is now the preferred morph uh, when this uh, update happens, because since it has a shorter duration, it actually heals for more per second. It's actually the stronger heal between the two now, and it helps you with Magicka Sustain whenever you heal people with it. Um, so no reason not to use that. Uh, the 20-second duration on Illustrious Healing, you don't need a 20-second ground hot in PvP. No no fight lasts. No fight stays in one spot for 20 seconds. You know, not No, no fight stays never. in one spot for five Ever. seconds. <laughs> yeah. um, so Healing Springs with a 10-second duration, that's more than plenty of duration. So that's just the one that gives you more healing. It helps you with sustain. No reason not to, to use Healing Springs instead. So I'm definitely my Warden. Is definitely swapping morphs of that as soon as this update happens. Yep. Um, Vigor, the Alliance War um, uh, healing ability that basically every stamina build uses. The uh, the base ability now lasts for ten seconds instead of eight seconds. So that means that uh, the resolving morph is now five seconds. The echoing morph is now sixteen seconds. Um, the healing per tick has been reduced by seventeen percent. Uh, and then the resolving vigor morph has been reduced by another five percent, so that's twenty-two percent total, you know, decreased healing for the resolving vigor uh, nerf or <laughs> morph uh, compared to live, uh, which seems weird to me. That's like that's the selfish healing. You're not healing other people with that morph. Uh, yeah. It seems weird that they're nerfing that by so much. And this this ability never really seemed like a problem to me, um, but. It now grants major resolve for 20 seconds whenever you cast it. That's a pretty, that seems pretty impactful, don't you think? Yeah, it's, it's you know, these kind of changes where you get like these needed buffs uh, of skills that you're already using. I think they're actually like, they're really good. And I really like that they're adding these buffs to like skills you're already using to kind of combine. It just throws me off because my muscle memory is so not used to it. That like it, it makes my immediate reaction like resist the change, but like when I really think through it, I'm like, oh, this is good. Like it's it's gonna free up a bar spot for you if you want it to. And so it does make sense. It's just it's just kind of crazy. It kind of reminds me of like some of the abilities that they recently changed, like the attack abilities that were giving you the weapon damage buff. It's nice because you're freeing up bar spots. It's just it's a change to muscle memory that you've had for a long, long time. Yeah, it is weird, but I think I like it. I think it's neat to give you that option to just use that as your armor buff, and you can free up a bar slot and put put something else in its place. Not everyone's going to do that. Like so a Sork's not going to give up their armor buff, no. you know. No. And um, there's a few other examples, but uh, this is honestly 
uh, another buff to Nightblades, really. They benefit from it more than anybody yeah. else because unless they're wearing heavy armor, Nightblades don't really have a real reliable source of uh, major resolve. Uh, they get it from a passive and it only lasts a few seconds. Um, so getting 20 seconds of it from Vigor, which they probably are already using, mm-hmm. now they, they they have easy access to that. They don't have to give up another bar slot for it. They don't have to wear Mighty Chudan or anything like that. Um, this actually, to me, in my mind, amounts is really just yet another Nightblade buff. It's interesting to me, me specifically, like on my Oaken builds, I probably will drop Vigor. But on my two bar builds, obviously, I think I'll still keep Vigor and potentially have it replace, you know, depending on the class, the 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 armor buff with it. Yeah, so it's interesting. If you're thinking of that, just a word of advice to to anyone listening: if you're thinking of just using Vigor for your armor buff, be sure and take a look at your class passives, especially in, in the in the skill line that the armor buff comes from. Look through those passives and make sure you're not going to be missing out on something important by by dropping that off your skill bars. Because in some cases, you really do miss out on some important stuff. Absolutely. Um, but still, cool to have that as an option. I really like that. All right, here we go, guys. Uh, we're finally oh getting boy. we're finally getting these sweet, juicy rewards for PvP Big that we've time. been waiting for. Can't wait. The time is finally here. So now. Uh, you're going to get 10% increased XP gained from killing monsters and players in Cyrodiil and Imperial City. But that's not all. You also get an additional 10% XP from completing quests in Cyrodiil, Imperial City, and Battlegrounds. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's our PvP rewards, guys. We've been waiting a long time. Big time. I'm just waiting for the hordes to start flooding in to those BGs and Imperial City and all that for that 10% extra XP. Listen, uh, did I play three Tales of Tribute match the other day and get 40 transmute crystals from it? Yes. But I, <laughs> but I sure as heck didn't get my 10% increased experience. Yeah. So You better believe it. Take that. <laughs> take that. Uh, that's just funny that they even bother doing anything at all. If that's all it's going to be, you know, uh, <laughs> like save goodness. it till you have some other stuff to to yeah. add with it. Um, that's just funny. So anyway, that's basically PTS. I mean, obviously we skipped quite a bit. We picked out the stuff that just seemed uh, impactful to us. I want to do a quick uh, a quick recap here because this kind of helped me put some stuff into perspective here. So some good things that are happening. Uh, we have some interesting new armor sets. I think they did a great job on the armor sets. Cross healing mm-hmm. is getting toned down. We're seeing some good adjustments to Dragon Knights, Nightblades, Necromancers, Wardens. Um, Vigor giving that uh, major armor buff is pretty cool. Uh, Oaken Soul, Dark Convergence, Plague Break all got adjusted in some really good, smart ways. Uh, certainly, you could you could say that they were nerfed, but really adjusted in ways that make them more applicable to what they were meant for. Um, yeah. and heavy attack builds totally deleted. Uh, <laughs> I think those are all good things. Awesome. Yep. All good things. Um, uh, bad things that are happening. It's actually a, a shorter list than I was expecting when I first started making this list here. Um, Stamsorks and Templars are nerfed a little too hard. I think, um, I'm a little iffy on the jabs animation and I straight up don't like the rapid strikes animation. Sure. See, I'm a little different with you on this. I think Stamsork the nerf is actually semi-okay just because like what we talked about, it's a very singular build focus nerf that was deleted, but I still think there's going to be a lot of good Stamsworks out there. Uh, I think they just saw a build that was using a set that they didn't really 
using a set how not how Zoss intended. And so that one doesn't really bother me so much. But yeah, I, I look at the Stamsork nerf and the Templar nerf as two different levels. The Templar nerf is just all Templars out there. If you're a Templar, you're getting nerfed. The Stamsork nerfs are not specific to all Stamsork, so I kind of look at those two differently. Yeah, I would say the Templar is a bit more egregious, uh, but I think there's probably a lot of Stamsorks out there that, that might have... Uh... They might have a disagreement on that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's true. There's uh, certain there's certain Stamsorks that are they're uh, cursing my name right now. But yeah, that's basically it. Stamsorks and Templars nerfed too hard, and then a couple of new animations that aren't my favorite. But really, that's a pretty short bad list compared to all the good things that I'm looking forward to here. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just basically kind of neutral on the light and heavy attack changes. And the dot changes, I'm kind of neutral on as well. But honestly, I could even put that under the good category. The, the dot changes, I think I'm going to enjoy that in PvE. I'm going to enjoy a uh, a PvP meta where dots aren't doing a lot of damage. Um, so actually, I should probably move that up to the good list. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's important to to just focus on that. There's been a lot of negative uh, negative reactions, including myself, when when this patch first dropped. But when you kind of look at it all like this, there's a lot more good stuff that I'm looking forward to than bad stuff. It's just the bad stuff. It's pretty bad. My biggest takeaway is that it's it's still just weeks one and two. Week three is the big week of changes. You know, if 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 week three comes around and we don't, you know, and it's still this, then I can understand some heavy criticism. But, you know, week one, there's, I mean, look at week one, Oakensole. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean. A lot can week happen. One, yeah, week one is just you really do kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. It's not it's not in the game. It's not live in the game yet. So until something like some of these like the Stamplar changes gets put live into game, I'm just I'm not going to I'm not going to stress about it too much. Yeah. I'll start stressing next Monday is what yeah. I'll start stressing. If we, <laughs> we don't see, if we don't see, see some changes next Monday, then, yeah, that's some valid stress because usually week three changes are pretty put. You know, that's kind of set in stone. They don't make a whole lot of changes after week three. Yeah. Let's talk just a little bit uh, briefly about what we've been doing lately, uh, mainly because I just feel like I have to talk about my Magden. Uh, I can't wait another two weeks for the next episode. So I know it's a long one, but just just hang in there, guys. We have just a little bit more. <laughs> You can't resist. So um, we recently just jumped on the Oak and Soul train just like a few days ago, right? You farmed it pretty quickly. You convinced me it's actually a really easy farm. So I went ahead and got it. And yeah, I think less than an hour I, I had it. Yeah, pretty easy I got mine about 30 minutes. It was very easy, very quick. It's pretty hilarious how quickly I've come around on Oak and Soul and how <laughs> when it was first introduced, I was like, I don't think I'm really interested in running a, a single bar build. Um, but as soon as I consider putting it on my Magic Awarden uh, and just kind of playing a pure healer with Oakensoul, I don't know. I kind of started seeing the magic of this thing and how, how awesome it is. You're loving it. I'm really liking it. And I, I probably might make, I think I might make a couple more builds with it. I don't know. Like the juices are kind of flowing and mm-hmm. I really do think in particular it's really good on a healer. I like the fact that, you know, I don't have to ever worry about maintaining any buffs or anything. They're all just going all the time and there's not enough room in my bar to have any kind of offensive stuff. I have to just be a healer 
And mm-hmm. I can just focus on what's in front of me and just do that and nothing else all the time. I'm just always in the zone, never not in the zone. Um, it's really, it's a really fun, really cool way to play. I've really enjoyed it a lot. What do you think, man? What's your Open Soul experience been like? I'm loving it, man. I, uh, uh, and you know, sorry, McDonald's. Um, <laughs> uh, oh. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I've already thrown it. So I've thrown it on, let's see, one. I've got it on two builds already with a third one planned. So I'm liking it that much. Nice. What, uh, so Lord of Nords is the main one that you've been doing. You want to tell us a little bit about your, your Stam DK Oaken build? I'll run through Lord Nords a little bit, you know. Uh he's he's got, you know, through the Oaken Soul on there. Um uh, and then I also took off the Champion of the Hist. That was a tough one to take off. I love that set. But mm, hate uh hate to see it. Hate to see it go. But uh he's running three piece potentates, Oaken Soul, two piece blood spawn, uh, one piece trainee, and then I threw the Warrior's Fury set on there because I feel like you can relate you know, you know this more than anyone. Uh, Lord Nords just kind of takes a beating in a, in a beachy. Like he gets, yeah, he's he just kind of up front. He gets in there and he just takes a beating. And I've used Fury in the past, and it's kind of like, well, you kind of have to take a whole bunch of hits for it to go. Lord Nords gets that quick. He gets a lot of when he's leaping around, and he's he can you know he attracts a little bit of attention. Remind us what Fury does. So what Fury does is you get every time you take damage, any type of damage. Uh, you get twenty. You get a stack of twenty-four weapon and spell damage for five seconds, and then it caps out at twenty. So, what is? We'll check my my math there. But twenty-four, uh, twenty-four times twenty, I think is five five forty. Nope, four eighty. Just kidding. Okay. Uh, and it's kind of nice because, like I said, Lord Nords is leaping everywhere. He's taking hits. He's taking beatings. Uh, and he's, those stacks are just constantly, they're, they're working really well. And with the Oaken Soul, he's been a lot of fun, which is kind of that, that single bar focus. I don't have to worry about his buffs or keeping anything up. Uh, he's really just kind of, uh, leaping. That's really what he's doing. Just leaping from person to person. Spinning and leaping. That's what he's, what he's up to nowadays. You want to change his name to Mario? He just <laughs> jumps from enemy to enemy. He'd get, he'd get along with Mario pretty good. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he tries to go with the, the, you know, the taking him out Koopa style, where he's, he's trying to jump on people's heads to finish him off. Sometimes it works, you know? Mario might be onto something there. So, Warrior's Fury 5-piece, 3-piece Potentates, 2-piece Blood Spawn, 1 Trainee. What's, the, what's your 1-bar skill bar setup? So, I, I do the Breath as my spammable. Uh, I do Quick Cloak. He currently has Vigor on there. I might relook at that one with the changes, depending on how, you know, what the tooltip is after kind of the nerf. Um, but Vigor on there for heals. Uh, and then the Spin to Win Whirling Blades, you know, that's kind of where he goes in there and tries to get, you know, executes and things like that. But once again, AoE damage. Uh, and then the Coagulating Blood, which is a great heal on DKs now. It's fantastic. Uh, and then the Ultimate is obviously the Ferocious Leap. Uh, and the nicest part about that ultimate is that he's leaping in there and getting that damage shield, but I'm still taking damage. So Fury's, you know, ramping up the stacks while I'm actually not taking that damage. It's more that damage shield taking the hits. And he's, you know, three-piece potentates, two-piece blood spawn, Oaken Soul, giving the heroism. You know, he's leaping a lot. And so it's 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 been pretty nice. I've been in, in some BGs, and it's worked out really well for him. 
I know that's all you've ever really wanted for this character is just that's all I, that's leaps. all I wanted. Just that's all I needed. <laughs> as many possible leaps as I can have. How many? What's the leaps per minute count? Oh, I bet it's at least. I bet I'm at least four, four, four or five leaps per minute, at least, <laughs> maybe more. Uh, beautiful. Um, we did a couple of matches with uh, your Oakensoul Lord of Nords, Stan BK, mm-hmm. and my Oakensoul uh, Magden Healer. Uh, her name is Aunt Lola. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't stress enough how how delighted I am with this Oaken Soul situation and how how much I was expecting to really not be into it. I think it's in particular, like I was saying earlier, I think it's in particular the fact that I put it on a healer and it really has forced me to just dial this thing in, like boil it down to its pure essence. Like what what is yeah. the thing that this build is the best at? And let's just really focus super hard on that. And it's helped me even with like the role play aspect of the character, you know, it's kind of made everything so crystal clear. Like, of course, Lola, she's this warden. I have her, I have her set up to look kind of like this wood, this woodland creature. She, she has the Nordic bathers towel, but I have it dyed so that it looks like leaves, you know, and she's kind of like mm-hmm. this, this mm-hmm. Eve kind of figure. Yep. Um, so in my mind, it makes sense that she's all about like nurturing and taking care of things and and not harming anyone at all, you know. So absolutely, I, uh, she's got the little baby deer pet. Yeah, she's got the deer running around. Uh, so yeah, I I don't have any just pure healers. Uh, so it just seemed perfect. Like let's just make Lola a pure healer. It's going to be a Oaken Soul build. It's going to be real simple, a real kind of uh, efficient setup. Uh, but it works really well, and, and it gets the job done while while still maintaining the theme and the headcanon and all of that stuff. It, it's it's amazing how much this uh, this Oaken Soul has just brought it all into such clear focus, and I'm I'm more excited about this character than, than I have been maybe ever. It's awesome. So anyway, the build for now at least is uh, five pieces rallying cry, five pieces gossamer, the Oaken Soul ring, one piece magma incarnate. It's a light armor build, all divines. Uh, the jewelry is all swift. It's a, a powered resto staff for the uh, for the weapon. Um, the the skill bar. I'm using two ground hots. Uh, the the class ability budding seeds and then illustrious healing from from the resto staff. Um, my burst heal is blessing of restoration. The resto staff burst heal, uh, and then I have race against time and crystallized slab and then the the healing thicket ultimate. Uh, and that's my build right now, and it's working. It's working really, really well uh, in the current uh, uh, PvP environment. Um, I think it's actually going to be better this next update. So the one thing, yeah. I, the one thing I have to look out for is uh, Gossamer is going to need to get adjusted. So uh, because Hots all tick once every two seconds now, and Gossamer gives you major evasion for one second at a time. Yeah. They just need to make it give it a major evasion for two seconds. Yeah, if they be, just make it two seconds or, or do something to address that, then then the build will stay exactly the same. I'll keep it exactly how it is, Gossamer and Rallying Cry. Uh, if they don't do that, then I have Hedy's Hearth on backup to replace Which Gossamer. Which is also a great set. Yeah, and I actually really like using that on a Warden, too. The the theme fits really nicely. Yep. Uh, so I'll have no problem using Hedy's Hearth. If that's what it comes to, good, I'll do it. Uh, but ideally, I would use Gossamer. Uh, because check out how perfect this would all line up. So once this patch goes live, 
um, Amusing Gossamer and uh, and Rallying Cry. I'll replace Race Against Time with the Deceptive Predator Flappy Wings that'll basically do the same thing as Race Against Time. Um, mm-hmm. But it gives me minor evasion. So then I would have major evasion from Gossamer, minor evasion from Deceptive Predator. Basically, both of those are permanent at all times. Nice. Um, also, this next meta this next patch i'll probably get rid of the crystallized slab so the temptation is to just morph that to shimmering shield right and have the the major minor and major major and minor heroism that's still a possibility but i think revealing flare is probably going to offer some more value this next patch and that gives major protection uh at all times while slotted and oaken soul will give me minor protection uh at all times so Major and minor evasion, major and minor protection, basically all permanently. I feel like, and this is like a little like light armor build, but I feel like she's actually going to be pretty darn hard to kill. On top of the rallying cry, giving me a, a ton of critical resistance. So I'll, I'll also be really uh, res- resilient against night blades as well that are trying to, to gank me. So I'm just really looking forward. I think she's really going to have some really, really awesome buff coverage. Uh, like all the buffs that are relevant to being a healer, it's actually going to be a better build with the with the nerfed version of Oaken Soul, um, which I think is really really cool. Yeah, and then I'll I'll remorph that illustrious healing uh, ground hot to to healing springs since that'll be uh, the stronger hot and that'll give me some more sustain as well. Yeah, she's gonna get better off this next patch. Yeah, but even right now I'm having a lot of fun with it. I mean, Oaken Soul as it is right now, being totally broken and busted how it is, <laughs> yeah. uh, is really good. That crystallized slab. So I don't have anti stealth right now. I'm doing the crystallized slab instead. That's the the other morph of uh, of shimmering shield. You put that shield around you, and it absorbs projectiles, and then it shoots a, an ice ball back at them and stuns them. I feel like right now with all the bosorks running around, that's a very valuable skill to have. Uh, but that specific build is about to get heavily nerfed, and there's really not anyone else fill, filling that niche. Like a really deadly really threatening ranged build there's really not many of those out there aside from the bosorks and so if those are getting nerfed i feel like um crystallized slab and and, uh uh, shimmering shield both morphs lose quite a bit of value there because against melee uh builds it's not doing anything it's not protecting you from any of that damage you're not getting the major heroism without absorbing projectiles whereas with revealing flare that major protection is permanently active all the time, and Nightblades are about to be the the primary threat uh, with this next uh, update coming up. So I'm going to want that anti-stealth that I can have from Revealing Flare as well. Um, so that just seems like the move to make. I'm just kind of talking through my thought process going from the current meta into this next one. Um, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm thinking it's going to look like. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be really good. It's been a great build. I've been I've been getting like over two million heals in in battlegrounds uh, with this build right now, um, and I'm still kind of learning how to be really effective with it and kind of getting the hang uh, hang of everything. Um, even the fact that um, like sticky hots are being nerfed and AOE hots are being buffed that benefits Lola because she only uses AOE hots. Yeah, she's always been about the the well, and even the targeted ones. You know the yeah so. Yeah, just all around, I think, like, everything happening with this next update uh, is is just kind of going into making this build perfect. I'm really keeping my fingers crossed that they fix uh, Gossamer so that I don't have to worry about that, that downtime and major evasion. And if they do that, I think life's perfect. Everything's great. 
Mm-hmm. Um, anything else uh, that you've been doing? How, how's a high aisle coming along? I'm pretty well. I don't know. I don't know how far along I am, but you know, no spoilers. I just found the first VIP missing person. If that kind of puts you, I don't know where that is in the quest chain. Okay. But okay. That's that's where I'm at, and and the main quest. I kind of hit it hard this past weekend, and and I feel like I made some good strides. And you know, kind of like what you said. I, I won't go into it too much, but it's it's okay. Like it's good, but I don't notice like it being just this whole level above of any past expansion quest lines, but yeah, it's, you know, it's another one that it's, <laughs> it's interesting and I, uh, it's interesting and I enjoy it, but I just look at it as another one. I don't see it as any different. Yeah. Level. That's kind of how I was with it. I did enjoy it. You know, yeah, I did enjoy it. Um, that sounds, I think if you're where you're, where I think you are, I think you're kind of just starting that kind of final ramp to the to the yeah, climax that's what it seems like it, it seems like it's kind of the final group of quests before it kind of all comes together yeah. or i don't know i i assume since that the story kind of has a temporary stopping point because they haven't fully finished the story but yeah i feel like it's kind of it kind of wraps up somewhat neatly though by the, by the time you get to the end of it yeah Grizzly says it's pretty par for the course. I have no idea where they got the idea that it's all political intrigue. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I did not really get a big political intrigue vibe from it, like with espionage and all that. I, yeah, I really that, that kind of threw that. me off, too. They, that was kind of the thing they said, right? Is that they're like, hey, this isn't anything major. It's just all really kind of lesser and in political intrigue. And as I've gone through the quest, I'm like, I don't know. It seems pretty on par. Maybe not with the last expansion where, you know, a Daedric prince is coming down trying to, you know, 80 feet tall wrecking buildings. Like, it's not to that level so far, but, like, it still seems pretty major. There's important people involved, and I don't really get a lot of political intrigue espionage out of it. Yeah. I'm with you there. Well, we'll keep checking in, and maybe next time. I bet. I bet by the next episode you will finish it. Sounds like probably so. So we'll have to yeah, get your uh, yeah. your final you uh, yep. review uh, on it. That'd be cool. Um, we got an email from T Ren. T Ren is asking uh, if I knew of any uh, battlegrounds focused guilds on Xbox. Uh, unfortunately, I've only ever played on PC, so I, I don't know of any Xbox guilds. But uh, I told them that I would ask the listeners on the podcast if any of you guys know of a, of a Battlegrounds-focused guild on Xbox. If so, let us know. Um, uh, you can write us at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com, uh, and I'll pass your message along to T-Ren so they can join up. Um, so thanks for writing in, T-Ren. A uh, special shout out to everyone who is in the chat tonight. Dr. Professor yeah. Crimson, Grizzly Khan, King Nar, Skuma. Uh, had a, had a, a poppin' uh, a poppin house. Is that what the kids say? <laughs> sure. Our house is poppin'. <laughs> the house is poppin'. Our house was poppin'. Uh, yeah, that's what everyone says. Uh, oh, yeah. Thank you guys for joining. Always a pleasure. Um, email us at scrollingpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or any suggestions for the show. Um, anything you'd like to hear us talk about, uh, tell us a joke, say hello, anything you want. scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. 
we have a guild called Stoons Goons. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. whoa I, I, I got a shout out. Oh, okay. I got a okay, shout out sorry. in there. Go ahead. I gotta give. I gotta. You know, everybody, hold up, hold up your glasses and mead. Put on your shout out Grizzly Con shirts. <laughs> shout out to Grizzly Con. He he did me some favors. He was helping me out. I was doing a lot of uh, theory crafting and build working, and uh, he helped craft some some things for me. Got a ring crafted for me. Shout out Grizzly Con. Very appreciative of that. So always a shout out to Grizzly Con. There's always just like an understood shout out to Grizzly Con. Also a shout out for Grizzly because we're worried for his addiction to shout outs. So we're always <laughs> looking for cures and you know, we're yeah. working him through this program. Yeah, you can't just go cold <laughs> turkey. It's dangerous. <laughs> we have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons, best named guild on PCNA, and it is also the official guild of the Scrollin' Podcast. If you'd like to be a member of Stoons Goons, send us an email at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. If your guild roster is full, that is okay. We can get you into the Discord. Um, That email again, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to be added to the Discord, Uh, and in my mind, anyone who's in the Discord is a fully-fledged goon. Um, so, you know, it's not like we're, we're organizing events and I'm consulting with the guild list in game to make sure that you're, you know, technically in the guild, nothing like that, you know? So, uh, however you want to do it, scrolling podcast at gmail.com. You really should you know, join the guild though. It's really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we had some guild chat this week. We, this past couple of weeks, there's been some chat. <laughs> Wait. Anyway, anything else, Davius? I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you all very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. really bunker down yeah bunker hunker whichever bunker bunker hunker the the hunker bunker all right i'm writing that down hunker bunker okay that's a possibility hunker bunker blunder you know combining the two (laughs) um all right i'm doing the intro